Hey, how's it going? I got uh, something going on with the damn vocal cords. I don't know what happened. Woke up Saturday, didn't have a voice. You know, I mean, there's a couple tones and pitches I can't get to, but the conversation today is dynamic. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm actually coming around on the voice, too. If you stayed like this, I don't know if that'd be a bad fit. I mean, very gravely, it sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe it's like a signature voice. Yeah. I don't know how we got here. I would assume some decisions I've made through my life potentially led us to this point with this particular voice here. Sure. But it just came out of nowhere on Saturday. Sounds good. And this is textbook radio voice hey welcome yeah. all right we got a pretty good show for you today i think if you enjoy it by the end of it please be a friend tell a friend if not just act like it never happened uh let's get to it i woke up on saturday morning didn't have the full voice mm. what's going on is it the pollen because it does feel like punxatani phil that lion fucking groundhog is wrong again <laughs> it's gonna be 70 outside phil <laughs> suck it Woo! hell yeah is it the pollen or is it the new bong that we got in the office uh-huh. that I potentially took to the face Friday that could have incubated mm. in my vocal cords and decided to show up on Saturday morning? I'm not 100% sure. I feel good. The voice might not sound great. It might drop out every once in a while <laughs> okay. whenever I try to get to certain tones, but we're going to have a hell of a Monday because there's a lot of shit going on. This is the beginning of Massacre Week in the NFL. Oh, yeah. oh. Cap casualties are going to be in abundance. Richie Incognito, I guess, is about to be the first one gone from the Raiders. He'll be on the market healthy, ready to play for anybody. Zach Ertz is allegedly going to get traded. Odell Beckham's wanted in Tampa, says Tom. This is going to be a wild week. All the while, college basketball is heating up. We got tourneys. We got madness on the other side of this. And hopefully we have your phone calls. (laughs) 1-888-MAD-DOG-6. Yesterday, Tone, you're a man who's a, you know, classic degenerate. Classic, yeah. Have reasons for your bets and everything like that. Last week, you invited on Hammered Don, a man named Cutmaker Jeff. Mm -hmm. Is a guy from Indiana. Mm-hmm. Looks like he lives on the sun, loves <laughs> golf. The guy was amazing whenever you talked to him last Wednesday on Hammer Don. He gave out four different people that could potentially win uh, Arnie's tournament yesterday. One of them was Bryson DeChambeau. I put five hunch on that guy. Ooh. Riding the wave, the DeChambeau coaster yesterday. <laughs> it was un. I won $7,000 yesterday. <laughs> on golf, but I'll tell you what, you want to make golf better, you go and gamble on it. Yesterday, watching that Arnie tournament, watching Bryson DeChambeau slaughter golf balls, make long putts, put a little bit of pressure on Westwood. Jordan Spieth decided to play golf good again, and then he decided not to again. It was an awesome weekend of sports, of golf, and I'll tell you what, Diggs, thank you for having that man on Hammer Don last week, because he made me a quick 7K. Guys won a lot this year. Uh, golf betting carried a lot of us through the pandemic last year because it was one of the first things back and I fell fallen in love with it. I love that you've fallen in love with it because we got the players coming up and then we got Augusta. There's going to be a lot of golf betting Ooh. and watching Bryson DeChambeau hit bombs over the next month or I so. I will say Max Homo wins two weeks ago. Yeah. He came on the show immediately yeah. afterwards. Colin Morikawa won last week. He came on the show immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. Bryson DeChambeau wins not only the tourney but me a bunch of money. 
There's no chance this guy's coming on the show. <laughs> Come on. There's no chance. He's in the lab, boys. Yeah, yeah he does. He's talking up. in the lab. You think you can drive the ball 370 po- uh, yards by sitting, maybe pounds too with the way he's going, <laughs> sitting in a chair talking to me? No way. Now, with that being said, Colin Morikawa coming off a week break after winning. Look for him to win the players this weekend. He seems to be a lock. He just learned how to putt. But golf is something, and I posted about this yesterday on my Instagram, at Pat McAfee Show, the smallest, by the way, of all the platforms, mostly because of the face, if I had to guess. That is why it is the way it is. No big deal. I'll try it. I put a little bit of pressure on myself, though. I said I'm going to commit to the great sport of golf again. Ten years ago, I was playing three, four times a week at a 5-6 handicap. I got a couple people in my comments said they don't believe it fuck you i haven't played in a year i'll go beat your ass right now if i have to i'm gonna commit to it this spring yesterday you already started welcome back boston connor man was on the course yesterday it's great to have you back in here pal great to be back pat and yeah i was actually on the course yesterday with a sales guy brian and i was trying (laughs) to be like dechambeau i think i got my club speed up to you know 150 175 getting in that area still hitting it 300 yards left and those are the ones that were not put on instagram Right, no, the no, one yeah. you're talking about right there, because your heads, golf head spare, club head speed looked to be around 20 to 25 <laughs> yes, miles well. an hour with the one that I watched uh-huh. as a warm up, I would assume. But the way DeChambeau fucking swings, oh. they zoom in on him. And I was a little bit worried, by the way. And I think the commentators were as well. He was out there practice round 7:20 at night, the night before, yeah. on Saturday night or whatever. Jeez. They're like, he is playing an exhausting style of golf. The amount of numbers that are in his head while he's golfing. And by the way, when you're golfing, the last thing you want in your head is anything. And Bryson DeChambeau has debunked that entire theory with the way he's going. I thought there was a chance though, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 maybe, when it gets really, like when it gets down to those moments, I thought there was a chance he fucking just completely duck hooks that thing to the to the left or whatever. Instead, he was driving the ball further as he went on. This guy's going to change golf forever. And I'm going to say this, was awesome to watch him golf. Now, that course, by the way, is set up for that type of action if you mm-hmm. can drive over all the water. He is so much fun to watch as a golfer. Now, I had a lot of money on him, so probably made it a little bit better. That guy might change fucking golf, Ty Schmidt. He is really fun to watch. I mean, what, what was it, Thursday when he first said like he was going over the water and right after he just fucking piped it and just put his arms up, like was like, you know, get going, get going. I usually don't like him, but he, I mean, he he was really fun to watch yesterday. Like that was the most fun I've had watching a golf tournament in a long time. A golf ball whacker guy, by the way. Yeah, legit. Uh-huh. Burying putts, too. Yes. Like, so he was burying 20, 25 foot putts, by the way. The one he sh- rammed home to win it by the way like mm-hmm. if he misses that we're going to another hole he probably wins anyways he put that thing in with some authority and then he immediately was like yeah fuck you mm-hmm. like he is he is really brought i know i mean i think we hated on him for saying that he ate nine protein bars mm-hmm. and all that stuff i think mm-hmm. we bashed him for that that guy is i mean there's gonna be a lot of bombers going forward now not that there isn't bombers or whatever but you look at a lot of professional golfers we talked to morikawa that kid's gonna make 700 billion dollars he's an iron player like his irons are good dustin johnson was always able to hit the ball far or whatever but what dechambeau is coming he has a long drive approach okay which we always have you always have one person on your scramble team okay who just Slot, he's swinging a fucking telephone pole at these and just absolutely crushed it. Then when the 
you know, the 56 or 53 gets in their hands, the wedge of some sort, that thing's getting bladed and that mm -hmm. thing is gone. They do not care. Get us back on the tee box here. We, mm -hmm. This is a showtime to scramble. He has this ability now, DeChambeau, and he's probably going to have to keep honing this in. If you kill the ball like he does, boy, those courses get smaller. Everything gets a lot easier. He's making putts. What if this son of a bitch goes on to be the guy? I mean, there is a chance after watching him yesterday he can do that, but also there's a chance with that much thinking in your head, it could all combust in one swing. Just absolutely. He bounced back after a couple of bad shots, but I love watching golf yesterday. I absolutely love it. I said I'm going to get back into it this year. I think I'm going to. I'd have to golf in the morning. That's an early alarm clock. But, man, is there anything better than getting mm -hmm. out there and hitting a good no. shot? Nope. Uh, no. It was kind of a given. He did have that one bad shot off the tee that came up about a foot short of the water, which after that happened, you knew there was no chance he was losing because Lee Westwood is a, a notable known choker for his entire career. Jesus. And after Spieth fell off, but hey. True. Yeah, but he's back. Lee Westwood, Westwood? 10 years ago, was the last time he was in uh, world ranking contention. Oh, now sad. he's got his fiance on the bag. He's back. He's a whole different golfer. Hey. Give him a break. Jordan Spieth fell apart more yeah, than Westwood. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, and Jordan has done that in the last few years, too. What's that all about, by the way? I don't know. He used to be the, the guy. guy. His soul is still at Augusta. After he was that. really a big time collapse. Like he was supposed to win. It would have been so what, his second in a row. Yeah, he just collapsed there, and he really hasn't been the same since. Uh, uh, if you're watching, there's a chance you'll get to see just a massive amount of liquid fall <laughs> and drip off the side of our my table here. We were interviewing Bob Huggins earlier today, which you will get a chance to hear in about 14 <laughs> minutes or so. I spilled an iced tea all over this thing, and it's just my hammer's dripping wet. Right now. <laughs> just soaking wet at this point. Oh, thank God, oh, yeah. darling. Oh, yeah. It is just soaking wet at this point. Literally I mean, cool figuratively. Hammer. I got no voice. We got a wet hammer. I mean, what a day. <laughs> Would have burned through the case. I mean, the amount of bets you're hitting right now, you had to do hey, that. Hey, I did win a lot of bets, okay? I knew that the style bender wasn't going to be able to beat the pride of Poland, the man who has the... Um, a uh, piece of rope around mm -hmm. his wrist or whatever. And to say that I knew that was going to happen, complete lie, obviously. <laughs> there was no way I was going to stay awake until that fight. Those UFC ones are so late or whatever. You can't do it. But as soon as Ariel said he's the best athlete doing anything this weekend, I was like, all right, I'm betting against that guy for sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> Turns out he goes up a weight class. He loses. I win there. Uh, NBA, everybody knew Steph Curry was going to goddamn win that three-point mm -hmm. shooting oh, contest. Yeah. That was at plus 110 moments before the three-point shooting contest happened last night. You have to bet Steph Curry in a situation like that because if he doesn't win that three-point shooting contest, in the conversation now around all the other basketball players is that he's the greatest shooter in the history of the game. He loses that three-point shooting contest. That conversation stops. There's no way Steph Curry was going to lose that. Even if it came down on the last shot, congrats, Michael mm -hmm. Conley. Yeah. There was zero chance Steph Curry was going to lose that. That seemed like an easy bet. The Shambo hit because that guy cut maker, Jeff. I mean, I was that Israel thing strictly because um, Ariel said he's the best athlete of all time. Penguins beat the dog shit out of the Flyers. I mean, it was a great win. Illinois was Foxy's lock. Wow. Foxy's back on a good side. Woo. I bet on basically every single sport this weekend, and I won. I'm feeling really fucking good. Despite the fact that I can't speak at all. Just a sports sharp at this point. You know, there's the NFL sharps. There's the golf sharps okay. now. Just a sharp. Well-rounded. By the way, this is what? Jackable. Second weekend I'm betting on golf, by the way. Jack yeah, trains. Twice. <laughs> this could all turn. Well, I, don't I understand so. that this could get very, 
very chilly. There's a chance that my bets could get cold as Foxy normally is. Foxy's yeah. also hot. People need to remember that. Thank you. A tide might have turned in the Foxy train that I've been riding into the pits of hell over the last couple months or weeks or whatever. It's potentially getting hot. But when you start betting on things you know nothing about, that's when it gets interesting. And that's what I did a lot of this weekend. There's football on. By the way, FCS football is happening. Uh, fan craze football is still happening. Ooh. Josh Gordon scored a game winner. This was a big sports weekend, to be honest with you. Now it leads into an NFL week that people are going to talk about for years, I've been told. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys allegedly nowhere near uh, coming together for a long-term deal. Jerry Jones told a local uh, radio station, though, that Dak has all the leverage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, been saying Jerry. that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean, though? Like, if I'm in a negotiation with, let's say, Connor, and it's getting public or whatever, I'm going there. Connor has all the leverage publicly. I'm saying all he's doing is just painting that. You know what I mean? Just like that information last week that he wanted right underneath whatever Patrick Mahomes. That was Jerry also pumping that out there. Let me go ahead and pump this out there. Yeah, he wants fucking Patrick Mahomes money. I don't think he's one right. right? Yeah, go ahead and put that out there. Then he's like, hey, listen, he has all the leverage or whatever. But he does actually in this particular situation. They got a team that's completely upside down down there. Now, at the end, they won a couple games, but with a new head coach, uh, new everything going on down there. Dak Prescott gets that gruesome injury. Now, I don't know if anybody will pay him long-term after that injury. I'm not 100% sure. I, now, listen, Dak is obviously an incredible quarterback, but coming back from an injury, although nowadays with science, much easier than it was in the past, I'm not 100% sure he's going to be the same goddamn guy. And that is just, if I'm a GM, I'm like, let's wait and see if he can play football again. Dallas is going to franchise tag him, which is going to be $37 million in a cap-strapped year. Dallas Cowboys, much to Orlovsky's point this this morning, they're pretty much fucked at this point. They should have got this deal done two years ago. Yeah, they've handcuffed themselves. It's either now you lose Dak and you're in a position where you have to hope that you find the, the next guy or you're going to overpay him and give him more than what you really can afford to do. But what about Andy Dalton, though? Ooh. Well, is Dalton coming back? Eh, his head so. is still laying on the field in you know Washington. So, And the thing about his head laying down there? Nobody picked it up. Nobody Not one line. They just fucking let that red hair with the incredible cut just fucking roll around on mm -hmm. that Someone like Alex Smith, though. Like, what's the? How many more wins do you think they have with Dak? Or if they're paying thirty-seven mil versus Alex Smith, maybe two. Three if you're million? Alex Smith, there's no way you want to go to Dallas, right? It feels like Alex Smith is going to go to Jacksonville. Now, it just makes too much sense. Ugh, there it is. Golly, <laughs> what is it? Is it the pollen? It's a mixture. It's <laughs> The pollen definitely Sometimes. is playing a part here. Because I don't feel sick at all. This has never happened to me. Just wake up and it's like, a little horse or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is it because I speak 20 hours a week? That at this point, can't be this fucking week, okay? If these vocal cords can't handle this fucking schedule, they need to hang it up, all right? We need some new ones in here, which I'm assuming is possible. So I don't think that's the case. The pollen, though, is something. Jay used to be the one that's allergic to everything, mm -hmm. okay? Jason's the one that got allergic to everything, all right? We both came out of the same area, okay? The same parents, the same operation, polar opposite people. He was the one that was allergic to everything, not me. Now I'm getting older. I think it's starting to happen to me. And this is bullshit. Jay, I'm sorry you had to deal with this your entire life you know it's uh it, it sucks a little bit but you get over it huh. i don't know if i'm going to <laughs> I, I think this is the wrong time for me to have to go through this. i'll get the sniffles now more oh, than anything yeah. I've, i get people watching at home say oh the guy's sniffling he's got high energy must be a big cokehead no that's not the case uh -huh. actually i'm i'm just learning how to deal with these fucking allergens that i have i mean pollen counts it, through the roof for being honest it sounds pretty cool what's that your voice 
Does it? Yeah. Maybe get me in a studio. Yeah. There we go. There's a nice rasp. in sports. Sports, of course. I'm on a horse. I'm saying, of course. <laughs> All right, let's get back to it. That thing's going to give out, though, in the middle of a really good point. And you know that's going to bury me. But that's the life you live whenever you're out here on these streets, you know, especially with allergies. Focus on the point. point. Focus on the point. Yeah, you're right. You made a great point. It's not about what I'm saying. No. It's not about how it's coming out. It's about what I'm saying. That's right. Maybe these people should stop judging me, by the way, for my voice. True. Take it easy. I thought it was 2021. What's this all about? Come on. Anyways, I forget what I was talking about exactly, but Uh, Yeah, Alex Smith. Why is it that Alex... He's going to Jacksonville. Alex Smith is going to Jacksonville. Makes sense. Why is he so highly sought after right now? And you're hearing about him like being able to get multiple jobs, and then it's coming out that Fitz Magic is just. I mean, who played last year looked good. Smith obviously has like a t- the gruesome injury. Like, why is it that Smith is just like you know he's going to get a job wherever he, wherever he has know, it come wants out and said much. that people have come out and said that Alex Smith has numerous jobs. I did not see that. Well, is no, it? but I mean we're talking about you know like. The Bears being interested, and the, oh, okay. you know multiple teams being yeah, interested, yeah. and then now they're reporting that Fitz Magic basically has has no offers, and and he might have to go to retirement. Now it is interesting. It, it be let's wrap up Alex Smith, then we'll go to Fitz Magic. Alex Smith though he has the GQ article. He's getting released from Washington by his request, allegedly, is what everybody said. It seems like him and Washington were not that great of a relationship. I wonder if that's post Ron Rivera coming in there. Uh, because remember, Alex Smith and Urban Meyer were actually in a suite together while yeah. he was rehabbing from his injury in Washington. Everybody thought Urban Meyer was going to be the next head coach of the Washington football team because of his love of Alex, and they were sitting together and that whole thing. Obviously, Urban ends up in Jacksonville, but Alex Smith comes back after having a hamstring for a shin, wins a comeback player of the year, asks out of like a 14 point nine million dollar contract so you would assume that there is other options or maybe it's just alex smith doesn't want to be there anymore he's Mm -hmm. sick of everything about that place Mm -hmm. i'm tired of being here i'd rather go back up somewhere and help somebody and move forward if alex smith isn't a jacksonville jaguar i think it'd be more surprising at this point than anything else trevor lawrence is there trevor's going to be your guy now aside from that covid issue this past season trevor lawrence has been a rather healthy individual Mm -hmm. he seems like his body will be one that he'll be able to play just coming out of surgery offseason but missed no games because of it so i'm not sure that jacksonville would be hiring him to be like hey we'll need you to play a lot but if alex smith who's been there done that around the nfl with everything at this point is there for trevor lawrence that feels like a match made in heaven matt hasselbeck was that for andrew luck helped out a lot now hasselbeck had to come in and play get us some wins whenever andrew got hurt trevor and andrew don't play similar styles i think trevor won't be as hurt as andrew luck but that veteran in the quarterback room is a massive ordeal that's why you see Fitz Magic get these deals. That's why I hope and assume Alex Smith is going to be down in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer's been talking a lot about the atmosphere in the building. We'll talk about that at some point today as well. He's not happy about the way the word elite's thrown around. Oh, what? Listen, elite this, elite that, elite this, elite that. Hey, I've been around elite, he said. Okay, you remember Dwayne Haskins, my quarterback? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. It's a fucking NFL, Urban, all right? This isn't some FCS school, dude. Listen mm. to him talk. I'm just like, you know. All right, we get it, Urban. Okay, it's the NFL, though. So, like, 
Now, there's shitty organizations. Always has been. Like the fact that it sounds like his organization is not going to be a shitty one. But the way he speaks as if the Urban Meyer NFL expectations are a lot higher than the Mm -hmm. rest of the NFL. It's like, all right, dude, fucking chill out. (laughs) I hope he does well down there. I do hope he does well. Because, you know, I've enjoyed listening to Urban on TV. And obviously, we have mutual friends uh, with Ohio and everything like that. But the way he's speaking as if he's bringing a new standard to the NFL makes me think, shut the fuck up, Urban. Okay, this is the men's league at this point point you need to relax not that he's doing that but just the quotes that i'm reading he's talking as if you know like the nfl wasn't good enough and now that i'm here like it's yeah like he's gonna reinvent yeah, next like, level yeah like edge we're gonna be on the sh- shut the fuck up <laughs> i love urban too like that is oh, just yeah. but anyways alex smith probably going to ryan Fitzmagic. What is going on with Ryan Fitzmagic? This weekend, John Clayton, mm-hmm. who formerly of ESPN, not 100% sure what he does now, he's a Pittsburgh guy from Four Steelers, where my own man's from. You know, he used to have the rat tail, everybody thought. He has mm-hmm. one of the most electric ESPN commercials of all time. Last week or so, he's been reporting a couple of things. Last week, he reported J.J. Watt's Final Four destination. Yeah. Did not say Arizona in that whole oh. thing. He had to come back and actually say, uh, my words are being misconstrued, which probably true. Now he's come out and said, Ryan Fitzmagic, basically thinking about retiring because there's nobody interested that's interesting to me because when we talked to him on february 2nd just one month ago this is what ryan fitzmagic had to say about his future in football where's your mindset at what are you thinking right now well this this offseason uh and we already saw it with golf and stafford obviously who knows what's going to happen with deshaun uh there's rumors everywhere in the quarterback market but there's a lot of teams that are looking you know, for a new quarterback or quarterback. So, um, you know, for me personally, I have to take every offseason now and just reassess. And I know, uh, you know, these last two years have really, you know, relit that fire under me and I still want to play and I enjoy being out there playing. So one month, six days ago. What happened? What has changed? What who, who put out the fire? Is it because Denver allegedly made a uh, and then kind of backed out of it? Let's not give up yet. Just fits magic. Okay, we need you, pal. After that, he'd go on to talk about how his oldest is in high school now and there's six other kids. So he has to figure out what he wants to do. But the thought of just one month, six days ago, when he was talking to us about a bowling situation, him saying that he has a, a fire lit under him to continue to play. Now he's potentially out. I hope it's because he hasn't been contacted because free agency hasn't even started no. yet. Hasn't even started yet, Ryan. Ryan, hold on hope because we got hope in you, pal. Yeah. We don't need him retiring just no. yet. Keep need that fire to be going. watching him next year. Need Fitzmagic still in the NFL. Yeah. On the Patriots. Thank you for adding that, boys. Well, that's not that's not what we said at all. What? You just said we need him just, in the NFL. No, you added Patriots. Patriots are going to get Jimmy G, allegedly. According to all reports, Jimmy G is target A for the New England Patriots. This comes after two weeks ago, the report was that the New England Patriots are in on every quarterback Mm -hmm. option. Mm -hmm. Then a week ago, the Patriots are not enamored by the free agent quarterback class. Now it's the Patriots' plan A for quarterback is Jimmy fucking Garoppolo. Let's get him back in the building. So now you have to think, okay, what are the Niners going to do then? It is alleged that they've been trying to potentially move on for Jimmy G since they got Jimmy G. Yeah. It feels like that's potentially how the Niners operate. But if they move Jimmy G back to New England, what happens with the Niners? Now there's another domino that potentially mm-hmm. falls, which is what I'm saying to Ryan Fitzmagic. Don't you fucking give yeah, up just yeah. yet, pal. 
Need you not give up just yet. And if Jimmy G doesn't end up in New England, the perfect guy to bring in, as we are saying, Ryan Fitzmagic. He's a closer. He's like Rivera in his prime. He can still play football. Let the guy spin it. Why didn't they ever let Rivera be an ace? Yeah, Ty. I mean, you know, the arm's just not built for it. You just, I mean, if you know a guy's going to... Spark plug. So I would I would assume that a lot of people are asking, is Fitzmagic still got it for four quarters Cause you, just because he had it for four or for the fourth oh, quarter? Yeah. I'm not here to say that. Alex Smith, Ryan Fitzmagic as quarterbacks for the New England Patriots. Every other series, I'm fucking here for it. Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer yeah. when making love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Should. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. Not if it's going to work. Uh-uh. Okay? You're, before the time you get to the, the shortstop, it's already happened. Good. All right? That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a swipe that comes in a discreet, unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door. Then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, Mm -hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead and and rub the swipe on. Uh, it'll, It'll dry. It'll not transfer to your partner at all and then you just have time of your life yeah get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee jesus that's get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee no spaces uh and you can get your first month of swipes for just five dollars when you choose a monthly plan all right shout out to roman shout out to you shout out to get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee Massacre week in the NFL has continued. Carlos Dunlap, Seattle Seahawks. How you doing? Keep it moving. He was traded from Cincy to Seattle in an interesting set of events that involved him putting his house up for sale immediately following a game while he was still playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. One of his teammates saying, let me get that, Mm -hmm. and then him being traded a week later to Seattle. He immediately goes to Seattle, proves that he can still play at a very high level, has a great season with them in a brand new scheme and an offense or a defense that was trying to find their way. Last week, we did a deep dive into everybody else's analysis into salary caps, and Carlos Dunlap wasn't expected cap casualty for the Seattle Seahawks. He's now a free agent in a free agency frenzy Mm -hmm. that is riddled with talent and the more and more names are coming out. Carlos Dunlap joins that crew. $14 million saved for the Seattle Birds out there. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Carlos. Carlos. Is, Is Massacre Week pushed back at all? Well, obviously not since thank you, Carlos, but because the TV deal hasn't got done and because the cap number's not set yet, they don't know who they should cut yet and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and that's interesting because a report has now come out um, by Maziano mm-hmm. uh, that the NFL and the NFLPA are currently conversating about what the salary cap is going to be because 
the salary cap is dependent and beholden upon the revenue that is generated and garnered by the NFL. Right now, they're not 100% sure what the revenue is going to be because one massive piece of it, the television deals, are all being renegotiated right now because the NFL is about to have a 17-game season instead of the 16-game season that they've had for the last two decades, I think, or a large part of the last two decades. So every TV deal is getting bigger. ESPN, who had the worst deal by far with the NFL before these renegotiations, allegedly added another billion onto it to get into the Super Bowl cycle once again. I assume to get more content, but they're up over like $2.6 billion a year, just ESPN. Then you got to think about NBC pays about a billion dollars. CBS, Fox, Amazon's getting into the game. All these people are now entering. I hope Google gets into the game. Yeah. Hey, Google, let's get into the game, Come maybe. On, That'd be very fucking cool. <laughs> if we got into the game, maybe got some NFL rights. Could you imagine? Oh, oh. But anyways, they might. You never know. <laughs> Netflix could get in. You have no idea. Anybody could get in right now in it with the most games in the history of the league with added wild card weekend games and now another game to the season. It feels like the amount of money that could come in that would be necessary to figure out the split, the 51-49 or 50.5 to 49.5 split owners to players for the salary cap. I assume that's a rather large piece of information they have to have. I would assume that that is why nobody has a clue what the salary cap is. And if you're the Players Association, allegedly Maziano is reporting that the Players Association wants to delay this. If you're the NFL, you would want to delay it too, right? If you didn't know what the salary cap was going to be. So it sounds like maybe one piece of information was leaked here to Maz to potentially, you know, just like every other information is put out there. But I don't fully understand how anybody could make any decision if they had no idea how much they're able to spend especially in the world that we're in now where the cap is the only thing that really matters. It doesn't fucking matter how good of a football player you are. If you didn't have the greatest year of your career and your cap is high, you're gone right now. And that's before you even know it. You would think everybody would want to know all the information. They'd want to be able to see the picture completely clearly before they start diving in. That seems interesting. How long do you think they'd have to push it back for? Because with all the stuff that's come out, it seems like these TV deals are all but done. Like it seemed like last week we kind of knew like where the numbers were going to be. So do you think like pushing it back a week would really do that much? Well, you're talking billions. Billions being negotiated. And with that happening, I mean, who knows? I would assume, you know, every I needs crossed, every T needs dotted. Mm. Some English is going to come after me about my mathematician conversation. And I'm not here for it. But what I'm saying is when there's that much money, those contracts have to be mm-hmm. pretty lengthy. Diesel. So is that what they're waiting on? Because to your point, we did start hearing these numbers start rolling out on what's going to be, what's expected, where it's at, and everything where it has been, which I'm not sure we've heard before. That's very interesting. I feel like we're learning a lot more, unless it's all bullshit, which it might be, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it might be the NFL releasing information about what other places are paying, trying to leverage maybe another place. Maybe. we got to remember that all information could be coming from a place with a reason, but... The amount of money that you have to spend on your team is something I feel like the players and the team should want to know yes. before they make pretty important decisions. But the NFL is not going to wait on anybody. So it's like, how long can you delay? Well, and for a guy like Carlos Dunlap, he probably won't be signed, if at all, till what, August? 
Like during training camp, he's a veteran. There's no point to you know rush into camp when you have to do a lot one of those long camps that the vets don't like. By the way, keeping the 17th game in the back pocket until the perfect time, which yeah. has been by the way, this thing's been pushed for years now, and it was okayed in the CBA, but for a year, for the NFL to have a season where they couldn't sell tickets really anywhere, so there's no uh, you know. There's no beers. No. Mm-mm. There's no, like, cartoon-sized beers that yeah. are $45. Right. The take-home cup. The big one. Hey, you were there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't remember much of it because, actually, I got two of them. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, it's, like, basically a 30-pack. into Then the nachos, the hot dogs, mm-hmm. the, the merch sale at the stadium, mm-hmm. by the way. I mean, it was the amount of money that was lost out upon on the NFL. If the salary cap goes up, that means they made money this past season. Okay, that's what that means. And if... The reason is strictly because they kept that 17-game negotiation. They're like, all right, now we're doing – it's like their Uno card. Right? It's like yeah. they, they pulled that thing Reverse. out. And they're like, yep, bingo, here we go. How you doing? And they say, uh, yeah, we need an extra billion from everybody, actually, because we got one more game. That's pretty – that's good business, mm-hmm. you know. And people are going to talk about that for years from now, that a season was able to happen on schedule with some misshuffling around and some um, – you know, like a shell game happening with games being moved because of COVID, and they were able to make more fucking money. That is going to be talked about years. The, the business is impressive that they run over there. There's 31, so. 30 billionaires, one very rich son of a guy who worked his way up to become an owner, and then uh, the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Ty Schmidt. Yeah, me. I'm in a good spot. What do you want to do? Delay? You want to delay? See what you can do? You know, I mean, whatever is advantageous for the Packers, maybe landing a guy like uh, Odell trading for him or, you know, something like that. I'm going to push for for that. Okay, so you're talking about Odell getting traded to the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. Odell Beckham is allegedly in conversations. uh, Carlos Dunlap put out a message saying he's still grateful. The Seattle Seahawks got him out of Cincinnati, which I assume at the moment is exactly what he wanted. I'm not saying anything about the relationship prior to uh, the trade or the weeks before the trade. He says he's still grateful. Thank you, Seahawks <laughs> and the 12s. House in Cincy is officially listed now and about to lower the price. Okay, <laughs> so it is a buyer. It is a seller's market as well. He doesn't have to do that. Uh, real estate is booming right now. The fact he's lowering the price, let's go ahead and move on from all of this. Uh, I'm excited to see where he ends up. With Odell Beckham, with your conversation about maybe the Packers signing Odell Beckham and all these things, and that isn't Ty saying that the Packers didn't have enough weapons. No. What Ty's saying is if you look at the teams that are winning, they are loaded just in case an injury comes or fatigue comes or an off day comes. There's, there's always reason to have you know, more talent on your team. And with this free agency, I think there's going to be a lot of op- offers for one-year deals. Odell, though, I'm not sure he's going to go to the Packers if he gets traded from the Browns. But allegedly now, it is being reported by Adam Schefter, who by the, Schefter might have went on vacation for a week, I'm not sure. He might have went on vacation to Tampa, for all we know. Ooh. Adam Schefter comes back on Get Up this morning and says, like, hey, Tom wants Odell down in Tampa, basically. Uh, Tom Brady wants Odell on the Bucks. It would be challenging for the reigning champs to acquire Beckham due to his contract, but they want him down there via ESPN's Adam Schefter on Get Up. So, um, Tom Brady wanted Antonio Brown. Now, Bruce Aaron said he and Jason Light had to make the call. We agree. That is the person that has to do it, but they got Antonio Brown. Tom Brady wanted Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Now, Bruce had to, Bruce and 
uh, Jason Light had to make a deal with Belichick for a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder or whatever for a guy to score two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. I'm sure you'll be able to draft a guy that can do that for sure. uh, <laughs> up there in New England. Oh, yeah. Uh, they go and get him. If Tom is, if Adam Schefter is reporting it, there's a reason Adam Schefter has that information. Now Tom is potentially publicly saying to BA and everybody, like, hey, let's go ahead and get that guy up there in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I've seen him play. I think he'll fit in just fine here. He gave me that that goat cleat. Remember, he yeah. gave me that oh, goat yeah. cleat after mm-hmm. the game. We're pals, we're friends. And if you're Odell Beckham Jr., you've got to be pretty pumped to hear this. And yeah. you got now listen, Cleveland's building something special as well. But anytime Tom Brady or another team is talking about wanting you, that ups your value immediately upon that. Cleveland, I don't know if they're in the business to trade Nodell. Maybe it'll save them some money. I'm not sure they're in money issue right now with the way Andrew Barry has that thing set up. But him down there in Tampa would be electric. You can definitely uh, kiss Chris Godwin goodbye, right? If they're going to bring Odell with that contract, can you really have both of them? So and what we heard there was Tom saying it, uh, yeah. allegedly. We didn't hear the Tampa Bay Buccaneers saying, hey, Tom, they're our fucking guy. We got to pay our <laughs> – yeah. How are we going to pay our guy? I want to give Odell a ring, okay? I already got Chris one. That's what Tom said. OBJ one, okay? Because you know what I do? I'm, a, I'm like, Santa, consider me Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. All right, I gift these rings out. I gave Chris one. Congrats, Chris. Go get your money. Odell, this guy, this guy He's misunderstood. So He's so good. He got hurt, and they got better somehow. Yeah. The Browns, yeah. he got hurt, and they figured out their offense. They want to get – hey, they want to move on. Come on, bring them down here. He's like, guys, you're supposed to take care of your guys, though. That is an interesting situation if you're building a ring-chasing team. Is you're supposed to be known as a culture that takes care of your guys. Like, hey, if you play well here, you're going to get paid. Yeah. And if you do your thing here, you're going to be paid. That is a narrative that a lot of people would like to hear from a franchise if they're looking to go play there. But in this particular case, if they can bring in Adrian Peterson and they can bring in Antonio Brown, Rob Grunk, and they can bring in these guys that they've been able to do, uh, it's going to be tough to to figure out how you pay your own guys while giving these very minimal deals to everybody else that everybody's just going to accept because you're probably going to win a ring. Sometimes to take care of your own guys, you got to let your own guys go. You know, hey, Lenny, go get paid. Sometimes to go forward, you got to go backwards. Let's get to the phones. Let's go to Mike in Michigan. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how's it going? Not too shabby. Is it 70 in Michigan and beautiful? It is 70 in Indiana right now. Yeah, it's about, yeah, 65 probably sitting outside. On that lake? Oh, yeah. Oh. So I want to call talk about uh, Mr. <laughs> Mark. Tom Izzo. What, what do you want to talk about with Tom Izzo, Mike? Guy's got to be the best coach in the country. We got eight Final Fours in 22 years. Name a better coach, Pat. Name one. Thank you, Mike. To be honest, Bob Huggins. One comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, I, if I had to, I would say Bob Huggins. Hey, I'd put them at very similar coaches. And by the way, the little shit show you guys started this season with, Bob ain't never doing that. No. No. Bob would be dead on the court yeah. before his yes. team would be that terrible. It's not where you start. All right, Everyone knows it's where you finish. March is where it matters. And now we're playing our best ball. They are, by the way, three top five dubs in the last week or something. Yeah. But maybe those top five teams are – Misranked. Still a team. Foxy roots for too, so they have no chance. Michigan State. Yeah. Oh, come on! They beat Michigan the other day. Oh yeah, yesterday. Yeah, Michigan had the title locked up. They didn't care. True. Take day off. We already heard about the season. How tiring oh. it is for these yeah. boys. It's Michigan State. They stink. We can give them a win. Let them in tourney. Actually, we hope they get yeah. in tourney. I want to see them again. <laughs> yeah, and we would <laughs> yeah. like to see this. You know, let's go ahead and extend. Maybe they extend an olive branch here. We'll let you in. 
but that's in hopes of playing you first round. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Michigan State would not do that to Michigan. It's a real rivalry. We would just smash them in the mouth, not let them in the tournament, have fun in the NIT. Now, you guys couldn't do that is what we're yeah. saying, though. Yeah, not this year. Well, I thought he was the best coach of all time. Huh. He is, in March. When he has talent. Oh. <laughs> I will say hey. Tom Izzo, by the way. Yeah. And it's going to ruffle some feathers. Better coach than Coach K. Whoa. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Can you imagine if Tom Izzo had Zion and the boys he had a couple years ago? Andre Barrett. Tom Izzo beat Zion and the boys. Bro, imagine Bob Huggins with Zion and the boys <laughs> at West Virginia. Oh. Now, I will say, we, Michigan State is supposed to have the best recruit since Kevin Durant next year. So we'll actually see how that goes. Where is he from? He's from Michigan. I think Plymouth or Gippsland. So what, all his family and friends just told him if he left Michigan to go play somewhere that mattered, like they, they would kill him? Why is he going to Michigan State, this kid? I'll be shocked if he actually plays a game in a Michigan State uniform. Yeah, I'm sure he'll take one of those alternate options and get paid. He's a thousand percent going to flip his commitment to yeah, Michigan. Yeah. No, no question. No, he's not going to do that. No, no, no. going to do that. No, no question. question at all. No, no, John no. Howard's going to give him a call. Be like, hey, I don't know if you watched last year. Michigan State fucking stinks. We are. We're good. I got a nice little what spot if, for What you. if he goes to the overtime? $100,000 a year thing. See, I think he's going to do something like that. They say he could play in the NBA right now. Yeah, is that happening, by the way? Is that overtime $100,000 thing happening? And who's giving them the money for that? They're, allegedly, Overtime, which is a social media app, I think, yeah. a, for covering high school sports. Uh, I follow. see a lot of great highlights on there. I get a chance to – actually, I think my high school was featured on there this year. On the, uh, on the wrong side, though, that kid. Oh, no. That kid had that – he ran through 45 people. You remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, on that, the one, that one. Our team won that game, though. People, oh, yeah. But the highlights will never tell that story, which is kind of a problem with this generation. Man. Yes. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. <laughs> it's real, though. Like, Omar does a great job with SportsCenter, okay? But he'll put up some sick pass oop or something that happens like, yo, feeling it or whatever. That team loses by 40. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, this is all. I don't don't know. There's just – because it is an incredible play, all right? But do we care even that the team – you know, that's the bigger question. Got their ass beat, you know. Well, it's not also their fault that Omar posted either. Mm -hmm. True. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that. (laughs) Overtime, though, is – allegedly launching a high school professional basketball league where they're going to pay $100,000 to every single player. And then if you end up not making it into the NBA or whatever, you'll get $100,000 to go to college. So it seems like they're trying to battle both things. Like, hey, if you want to make it to the NBA, here you go. Here's $100,000. I assume they're open. You're allowed to get your own sponsorships, I'd assume, on social media. And you're allowed to digital market, probably have your own YouTube, everything like that. So it feels like that is going to cuck the living shit out of NCAA college basketball, especially if they get, you know, five, six guys each year to go in there that are the guys. Mm-hmm. And maybe a shoe company will come in immediately after and say, hey, here's a deal worth uh, $10 million. So then you're making ten million one hundred thousand just from those two things there. I think that's going to become a lot more appealing for a lot of players. And in basketball, how many teams do they have to have? Five, six? You put the good ones, all the great guys at the top of that thing, and then you just kind of have the team under there. It feels like that is a significant shift in power 
of the whole college basketball thing. I'll be excited to find out what Duke does or Calipari does or, you know, Huggins or any of these college college coaches do to stop that or, or the, the universities to stop that. I don't know how you're going to stop players from making that type of money with the freedom without having to fake go to class or anything. I don't know. That sounds like that's going to be a successful operation. And with social media... Uh, in the world being much smaller now, it's much more likely this type of thing. This has always been talked about, but with social media kind of bringing everybody together, whether it's messaging, DMs, numbers, hangouts, workouts, everything you see because of social media, I think it's much more likely it can happen. I mean, it'd be interesting to watch and what would happen with football then. Then something would happen with football as well. It's potentially a pretty pivotal moment here in uh, sports history, I think. So I was I was reading into it. They're going to have probably they're going to try to have 30 kids for the first season. Uh, they're all going to be in one city. They're going to provide teachers and stuff like that. But um, Kevin Durant is um, part of the finance. Carmelo Anthony is part of the finance. David Stern before Seven he passed away. So probably four teams, right? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Seven or eight on each. Those are going to get tired. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're going to be running that like Bleacher Report open run court? Yeah. <laughs> Should be. But the G League's also offering, you know, $500,000 contracts too. And a lot of kids have had success from this past year going straight to the G League and then entering the draft the year after. So, so overtime is going to be the brand building kids. Okay. And G League, probably the dudes. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you get the NBA coach in there, too. I mean, I don't know. And by the coach. way, I've not done research. This is just coming off the information you literally just told me yeah, right yeah. now. If G League, which is directly associated with the NBA, is paying more, I would assume that's going to be where the dudes go. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a great basketball, a good basketball, great basketball player yeah. with a good brand, but maybe not NBA guy, probably go to overtime, right? Help build your own brand, and you get a hundred thousand dollars scholarship, basically. That's the. I mean, there's a built-in safety net with that. So, like right. all those kids who go to the G League and eventually don't make it, it's not like the G League's paying them a full college scholarship on the back end. Like all these kids, why wouldn't you do it if you're going to get paid? And then if you don't make it it's like okay well we'll still pay for you to go to college yeah now you could have these kids put away 30 percent of their five hundred thousand dollar salary at the g league to Mm -hmm. pocket it to pay for school later that's a good point and i assume that the people that expect that grew up in you know an accountant's house yeah i have no idea silver spoon in their mouth Mm -hmm. i'd assume that's the case Mm mm-hmm but it would be a smart move. So, I mean, you couldn't have told me that. Okay. I actually got, I was on scholarship and got loans out to have a good time. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that is, that's an interesting, that overtime thing is interesting to watch, mm-hmm. especially with the G League potentially popping off. Calipari, Coach K, Hugs, all the OGs, Izzo kind of getting older. Maybe they go coach. Ooh. If you're overtime, are you trying to get the good coaches into your thing now? Do you think it's location based? Since the kids are in high school, it'd have to be like they'd all have to be from the same region. Or do you think the, they'll actually go these are to at, like This a, is after high school, right? This no, this is 16 to 18 year olds. Oh, this is in high school? Mm-hmm. For the overtime? Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought this was afterwards. That is awesome. So, oh, my God. Now that has a much larger. They said they're going to have one host city. So, okay. so you probably go like a camp. You probably just go yeah. for like a month. Your bubble. I thought it was after. I didn't know they were doing this to high schoolers. 16 to 18 year olds. That's why. If- oh, my God. Good for good for the high schoolers. Yeah. yeah. If you can dunk and got a couple good highlights, got a good brand, <laughs> play pretty good. 
go get in a hundred thousand oh walking around those high school halls after getting paid a hundred thousand dollars can tell me nothing i'd assume <laughs> yeah. at this point those kids are already like that though if their highlight makes it on you know house of highlights or yeah. overtime or anything like that i assume that's a pretty big deal a lot of those kids in uh the, that overtime post i mean they already got like five hundred thousand to yeah. a million followers on you know ig and twitter so it's like they're already massive names throw them a bone with a hundred grand that's and, genius and, and by the way what is okay i i assume going to one of these institutions that is you know very very knowledgeable and mm. very historic i'm sure that those universities will be able because these kids if they play that they're foregoing their ncaa rights so if these kids aren't to make it or whatever. I'm sure the universities would be able to teach them how to make more money than they're already making on social media, right? Because that's what college is supposed to be. Yeah. You go to college to learn your profession. Of course. I'm, su- I'm assuming these kids that have 500 to a million followers have already made $100,000 for a couple of years. Uh, they've already been able to do branding deals. I'm sure fucking Duke University would know how to teach them how to make more money in their field than what they'd be able to experience just doing themselves, right? Four years at Duke, you can probably quadruple. What oh, yeah, with your knowledge of social media. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll teach you everything. The modern-day gold rush, the internet. Nothing says social media like an 80-year-old person telling you how to run it. Oh, what about a 69-year-old? Well, that that might That's change a little. Different. A little yeah. That's a little different. What do you got, Diggs? Uh, this is from, the, from an article about the league. It says, um, educational offerings will place a special emphasis on developing the life skills necessary to to manage and okay. sustain a successful yeah. pro sports career. Genius. Um, focused on financial literacy, media training, and social justice. So advocacy. much better. I mean, just so much better than college already. Just that <laughs> aspect is so much better than college. Every kid's going to want to do this. Why wouldn't oh, yeah. you? Only 30 kids, though. True. Not going to be easy. You're not just going to fall into the, this thing. You're going to have to work for it. Mm-hmm. But if I, you know, if I get a chance to have a child in little, you know, Doobie McAfee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> has got some handles in seventh and eighth grade. Here we go, dupes. Ninth grade, I'm letting him know, like, hey, pal, you better go put up some fucking shots. Yeah. <laughs> you had a chance to become a pro in like a year and a half. 100K out there waiting for okay, you. Okay, and you don't have to be that tall, cuz in this one, you're going to be able to move still. Mm-hmm. You do your thing here, Doobie, all right? So fucking don't come back inside <laughs> until you figure out how to shoot from everywhere on the court. Yeah. You can even get a little caught, sleep out there. Yeah. You got a year and a half. You're about to be a pro, Doobie. Get it together, pal. That's real, by the way. Those kids become professional athletes at the age of 16. That's a hell of a goal setter. That's a hell of a goal. Now, there's only 30 of them. That's going to be tough. But, Doobie, get your fucking ass out there and find that jump shot. Especially that kid from Michigan State. That was the dude uh, who Terrence Ross said could make a basket in the NBA if he were to just jump in right away. Oh, yeah. He said no. Oh, wait. Yeah. Then he he said that guy. It is interesting because back in the day, Kobe – Mm-hmm. Garnett, who was that dude they made a, uh entire documentary about out of New York? Sebastian Telfair. Telfair, the lefty. Yeah. The there was guys that were going. LeBron, obviously. Yeah. Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, Perk. Kendrick Perk. Big Perk. Big Perk. Mm-hmm. My new favorite TV person. Carry on. Carry on. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Yeah, but I feel like all those guys are massive. Now, Zion probably physically could have made it up there, right? Yeah. Zion could have done it. Yeah. For sure. Now, he missed four dunks last night in his all-star <laughs> debut, and I happened to bet the over 20 and a half points in that whole thing. But I think physically, that's the big thing is, like, physically, yeah. can you make it? I remember coming out of high school, I was kicking, like, 70-yard field goals, you know? I was like, should fucking go pro now. Yeah. I'm kicking it over 
Jeff Reed's head at this camp. This guy's making how much money? I just go pro. There's no, obviously, if that was available, I would have tried, never would have made it. I would have missed probably five straight kicks in training camp, been cut, wouldn't have been able to get into college. Life would have been over. So I understand that there's a reason why some of these rules are in there, you know, kind of save you from you. But there should be exceptions to that high school basketball thing because it's like, I almost thought whenever the NBA stopped it, I'm like, oh, they must be making a deal with the NCAA. Like, they must be helping the NCAA. Oh, we realized you guys became irrelevant as a motherfucker because yeah. none of the good players were playing there. Nobody's mm-hmm. really paying attention. So we'll do this one-year deal where they'll act like they're going to school for, like, what, six, seven months, mm-hmm. and then you guys get a good March Madness, and then, you know, we get to have the whole thing. I think there should be, like, a... Uh, like, hey, this guy, Yeah, let's not jeopardize this guy's entire career down here with maybe a blown-out shoe, you know? Because yeah. you guys got going on down there, mm-hmm. let's just get this guy right up here. That seems like that's probably what's going to be happening. Yeah, and to to that point for this league, it's going to be big if um, the NBA lowers from nineteen to eighteen for their minimum age, because if what are these going to guys going to do after eighteen? Is the overtime league going to let them play until they're nineteen and then go to the NBA draft, or how's that? Like how? Well, that? then there's the G League. And, that's right. And then there's overseas. Uh, go overseas, play in Europe, mm-hmm. Estonia, Lithuania, mm-hmm. yep, Australia. Australia, Spain. Hey, Aussie's football's back, by the way. Yeah. Oh. Hey, I guess Mason, Mason's starting out very hot. Had three the other day. Did he? Had three goals or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Much cool. better start than last year. Last year he was a little bit injured. Mm-hmm. People forget. And people probably don't even know what we're talking about. Aussie's football, <laughs> listen, impossible to watch. Impossible. It's at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. our time because the world, although potentially flat in some people's eyes. That's right. The same time is very different on yeah. the other side of the flatness then, <laughs> yeah. if, if that is the case. It is very difficult to watch Aussie Rules football live, but the highlights are fantastic. I got into it during the sports world stoppage that happened, you know, because Uncle COVID did his thing. Man, that was back whenever, like... They were fishing net people on their heads. Oh, if they oh were, yeah. yeah. That was back when that was happening. <laughs> we were talking about, I think it was like almost a year ago today. You remember the mass hysteria? We were watching uh, the college basketball, the conference tournaments, and like, you know, they. No, Utah it, Jazz. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That, that, the Utah yeah. Jazz. Uh-huh. And it was just like literally everybody, the end of the world. <clears throat> Attention. We need everybody in this building to evacuate. The what? game will be postponed. What? Do not panic. (laughs) Everybody needs to leave. Do not panic. Look at each other. Touch each other. We don't know anything that's going to happen, actually. Just fucking get out of here. Do not panic. And then everybody (laughs) screaming out of there. That was March 11th. Yeah. Jeez Louise, dude. Mad times. Now, you know, there's a couple places that are like, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when you're locked in your house. (laughs) Get them out of here. Connor said we wouldn't have fans for four to five years. We're going to have fans in the stands next season. There's fans in the stands already, right? Uh, Didn't I see something that had fans in the stands? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of things have fans. I'm talking about full stadium. Oh, you're talking about everybody back. Let's go to jam-pack this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got to worry about the reaction to people that don't want to be back in the public, by the way. When I was down in Florida – and I walked into like a restaurant that had a bunch of people. I did, and I'm I'm pretty much a uh, hey act as if you know if you're in a place like just be you're supposed to be here type thing. I did have some thoughts. I'm like, all right, so what am I supposed to? Am I not oh. supposed to stand near people, or are we? What am I supposed? Mask to, on. Okay, that guy doesn't have a mask on. Like, yeah. Ex- so that guy, what do we? How do we? Do I just go 
am I just going to get it then? Like, what, <laughs> what ha- like, there is a lot of questions as we roll back in there. And I think the way we're all just going to have to handle it is like, teach our own. Yeah, do what you're comfortable with. Exactly. But there's going to be a lot of people that want to get their ass back in that dancing f- dance floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. tough to walk into a place and see a guy without a mask on and be like, oh, so we're doing this. <laughs> and everyone's taking them off, you know? <laughs> hey. Be as is. You see a guy without a mask. No, not be as. Act as if. <laughs> act, act, be as if. Act, do that though. As cool. if. Act as if. All right. For instance, if you're walking onto a crowd or onto a stage in front of a crowd of 2,800 people who yeah. are expecting you to be a stand-up comedian, like, yo, just act as if. Okay. Wow. If you're walking into an NFL uh, game and you've never done two of the things you're supposed to do before, like holding and punting in, in that cell, yeah, just act as if, you know, just, if you're spo- if you're professional wrestling, you know what I mean? And you mm-hmm. you happen to be in a cage, okay, let's act as if. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, don't act as if just yet. Be as if. Don't be as if either. <laughs> be as if later if they got it figured out because you are in a area where, you know, I already got fucking Paul and Jack knife yeah, the goddamn vocal true. cords. I don't mm-hmm. need Uncle COVID coming through your mustache to me because <laughs> you're being as if. We got to pivot to college basketball. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who is going into maybe... Yeah, going into the tournament with maybe his best team he's ever had. Now, I don't want to knock okay. uh, Deshaun Butler and all those guys. I, I'm a big fan of Flowers, that whole crew, okay? But I'm just saying, this guy has 899 wins as a college basketball coach, and he might have his best team he's ever had right now, talent-wise. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, Bob Huggins. Coach, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? God damn, you look good. You know that? Yeah. You like the hair? <laughs> yeah. Hey, people were talking about that during the game, you know, because your hair was slicked straight back, and it was like, mm-hmm. all right, here we go. How far are we going? How long are you growing that thing out? I don't know. I, I was gonna, I was gonna cut it, and then, then a couple of players said, "Man, you can't cut it now." So, got to ride it out. How do you feel? How do you? Hey, here we go. We're in March. Sorry about the voice, by the way. I woke up, lost the voice. I feel like, uh, you know, I, I feel like a godfather when I'm speaking to you right now. <laughs> Probably after some of your nights that happens. <laughs> uh, amen. You probably know what I'm referring to. The um, Coach, it's March. You got a team this year. Hey, you got a team. that Not that you don't always, okay? But this team feels different, doesn't it, a little bit? I feel like you have a lot more individual talent on the field or on the floor. You play in a little different style this year. How do you feel going into the, the Big 12 tourney, into the big dance? How, how do you feel about what you got going on? Well, we can score. I don't think there's any doubt about that. We can score the ball. We just we've got to we've got to guard somebody. We haven't we haven't we haven't guarded anybody. You know, it's kind of like let them score so we can get the ball back. You know, <laughs> we can't do that. You can't can't win like that. You can't win consistently like that. So we got to fix that. I um I was there whenever you spoke at the football. I think it was an awards banquet. It might have been the first year you were there or something. I don't I don't recall, but you. The, a couple of the players were there, and your first thing you said was, this guy's a good player, doesn't know how to get into a defensive position, though. We'll work on that. And then this guy, he's here, doesn't have a clue how to play defense. We'll work on that. And then, obviously, the Press Virginia thing happened where it took the world by storm.
storm. This year, you're not doing that. Um, why did you make the change out of that? Because that kind of captivated everybody. It was like this West Virginia team, full court press, full time. Why did you do that? Just because of the team? Just because of a change up? Why did you decide to change the way your team looks on the defensive side? Well, I think I think pers- personnel, personnel, I think had a lot to do with it. When we lost Dexter Miles and Javon Carter, that took you know the whole the whole key to that was ball pressure, and those two guys were terrific at ball pressure. Tariq Phillip was terrific, so you know that was it was that was personnel driven, um, and and we got guys who could do different things. So we we've done we've done different things. I'd like to. I would have liked to, you know, sometime in my career, been at a place where I could select. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, Duke selects or did select Carolina, the Blue Bloods. You know, they select who they want. You know, I'm I'm one of those guys who, you know, um, Dax's Dax's high school coach played here and and called me and said, "Hey, I got a guy you probably ought to look at." Take. <laughs> We we got him that way. Uh, JC's uh, AAU coach said, "Hugs, you got to go watch this guy." And and I said, "When's he play?" He said, "Eight o'clock." I said, "Does he play again?" After eight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, eight o'clock's it. So uh, so I got up, got me a coffee. You know, I'm sitting there watching a guy press full court at eight o'clock in the morning. He's a one man press. And so I called his AAU guy, Dickie Simpkins. You probably know Dickie. I said, I said, we'll take him. <laughs> Coach, I think that's why people love you, though, because you've been in the game so long. 899 wins. We're going to get to 900 very soon. Okay, we delayed a little bit, but we're going to get that 900th one soon. But from your time at Cincinnati and your trips around and now at West Virginia, the fact that you don't act or have the teams that are just selected, I think is why all of us love you so much because of, you know, the way it feels. You're maybe the most relatable coach in basketball that the world has ever seen, you know, with the the way you dress now, the hair is looking fantastic, your teams are blue-collar teams. I think back to that Final Four squad that you had with Deshaun and then when he got hurt, and everything like that it was just it's been awesome watching the huggy bears ride at west virginia i'd assume you wouldn't want any differently though i'd assume you wouldn't love to be the guy who just can go and select anybody or am i completely wrong in saying that i'd like to try it once (laughs) (laughs) just to see how it feels you know i wouldn't mind trying it you know i don't know it's kind of like uh i mean i am who i am you know and i don't pretend to be anybody else and I started wearing a pullover uh, at Cincinnati when uh, I had a suit on. I was soaked all the way through after the first half. And I'm going to the locker room, and my AD at the time said, you know, I don't know why you coaches wear a suit. You know, you should just go in there and get a pullover. So I went in and got a pullover, put it on, coach second half and a pullover, and have not worn a suit since. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, then he's one. He he's he's he was the guy behind firing me too. So. <laughs> uh, and that was one of that was that was one of the one of the complaints about me was like I didn't wear a suit, and he's the one who told me to put the. Put the <laughs> on. But, uh, he must have been planning it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that son of a bitch coming out. Hey, why don't you not wear a suit, huh? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and just put on like a T-shirt or something and then. Yeah, so we can fire your ass. (laughs) (laughs) 
What has it been like? Uh, obviously, you've been in West Virginia for a long time now. But going back to West Virginia, I remember whenever you got back, it was a big deal because, you know, homegrown guy. Here we go. Uh, watching West Virginia kind of transform into what it has become, both sports-wise, with the move to the Big 12 and everything like that. How do you feel about choosing West Virginia? Because I assume there's a lot of other places that wanted Bob Huggins after you left uh, Cincinnati. And how do you feel about where West Virginia basketball and where West Virginia athletics are going in general? Well, I think, you know, certainly West Virginia basketball. I mean, you know, Pat, what's great is the people in this state. I mean, the people in this state are unbelievable. Um, you know, I came I came back here and the Coliseum had not changed since I left. And, and you know, when I was here, we'd go over there at night and you couldn't even get a basket to shoot on. You know, you had to get in the game with – because that was, that was the rec center. You know, now we've built a beautiful rec center. So, you know, you don't have, you don't have that going on in the Coliseum, but you do have women's basketball. You got volleyball, you got gymnastics, you got wrestling. The the Coliseum uh, holds everything. And, you know, it's, I'm down there, you know, waiting for women's volleyball to get off. So, so we can practice. And, and a lot of times they got games and stuff. We we're going over to the rec center, which, I guess I found out later, supposedly we weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> I mean, you got to find a goal somewhere, you know? So, yes. Yeah, so, so, you know, to make a long story short, so I go around and everybody tells me you can't do it. You can't do it. You, there's no way you'll be able to raise the money to do it, to build a practice facility. And we built a practice facility and it's the best practice facility in America. And, you know, every time something comes up that, uh, we need, then you know, we we get the money from the people in the state of West Virginia to to do it. So, you know, I, I got I I came to the right place. I'm I'm around the right people. You know, I I was born here. I was born Vincent Plotty Hospital. Vincent Plotty is uh, now. I mean, it's been a lot of things, but I think it's an old folks' home now. And and you know, great story, Pat. I I I was born there, and then when after I I graduated from here. I stayed around. I was working on on my master's degree, and and I'm getting ready to go to the to the Philadelphia 76ers camp. So I I figure I'll get a, a 10 speed ride a bike up and down the hills. You know that'll really help help get my legs a little stronger and, and, and get me in shape. And so I'm coming down the hill. A lady turns into me. I go through the windshield, um, tear my knee up, uh, scar my shoulder all up, and my arm and all that. And and uh, they. They came out in a wheelchair and just wheeled me right into Vincent Plotty <laughs> So I'm thinking, I, and I'm, you know, I'm in there laying, I'm bleeding, and you know, and everything, and I'm, I'm watching my knee swell, and I'm, I'm, I'm going like, damn, I was born here, I'm gonna die here. <laughs> well, you might, by the way, in the end, if it's an old folks home now, people are talking <laughs> yeah. about, you know what I mean? People are talking about you, and now. 67s never look so damn good. I will let it be known, especially for somebody that has lived. Uh, but now that we're about to be at 900 wins, this team could go on a run, especially with your coaching in March. And there's been conversations every game I've watched. You hear a commentator go like, you know, Bob might win a national championship and retire or whatever. It feels like you're a lifer in basketball. Am I wrong in reading that? This is our first real. Co- it feels like you're a lifer in this thing. And uh, as a West Virginia basketball fan, I hope that is the case going forward for at least another 30 years or so i don't know if i'm a lifer you know i i think my dad my dad quit too soon um you know he was uh he's a hall of fame coach in ohio 
and I kind of, but you know, he had something else. He had, he had, a, he had a camp that, I mean, he wants to say he built, he really had, he never pounded a nail um, <laughs> that, that we built. And, and now my brother has it. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what else I would do. I mean, Andy Kennedy wants, wants, wants to do a, I guess their podcast now, right? He wants to do something with he and I and, and probably Frank Martin and, and just, you know, make fun of each other all day. I, I think I'd get bored with that. No, I don't think you would, by the way. From what I've been told, I don't think you would get bored with making fun of people all day. But watching you coach, it seems like it's just so much fun. Now, I do believe you have tampered down a little bit, though. Have you turned it down a little bit the last couple of years? Because a couple of years ago, you had a heart attack on the court. And I think, uh, allegedly, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but as you were having the heart attack, maybe my favorite story in the history of sports is you look at the guy and say, you did this to <laughs> Maybe yeah, yeah, my- I did. I, I, I said that to the official, and he did do it to me. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I, there's there's nothing better than the story when I had the heart attack. I was I was I was going from the hotel over to the airport, uh, flying back to Cincinnati. I'm I'm on the sidewalk and I go down. And when I wake up, everybody's around me. You know, they're they're pretty attentive. Scoop me up and put me in the ambulance. I'm going in the ambulance and and. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in and out of consciousness and probably out more than I was in. And I, I kind of come to and I said to the guy, I said, what's going on? He said, coach, don't worry. He said, I'm John Calipari's cousin and I can't let you die till he beat you at least once. <laughs> <laughs> well, you survived. Thank God. Um, have you changed the way you do anything over the past couple of years here? It, it seems like you're much more relaxed on the sideline. Is that Am I wrong in reading that? Or practices still uh, pretty? Are you still get after it, or what? Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not what I what like I was, but I probably needed to tone down a little bit from from what I was. Has it changed? Have you realized like a societal change almost with the the younger age players, or do you think it's is that kind of blown out of proportion when people say you can't coach like you used to? You can't coach like you used to. Okay, how come? I mean, I've I've done it for a long, long time. You can't do the things that that you used to do. Uh, you know, and Pat, I've been blessed. You know, I mean, we we go get a guy who nobody else recruits. Well, it came down to us, I think, in New Mexico State, and uh, and I said, I said, Nick, you like grass? And he said, What do you mean? I said, Well, you're from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do you like grass? And he said, What do you mean, Coach? I said, Well, I mean, like a yard, you know, with grass. He said, yeah, why? I said, well, they don't have that in New Mexico. <laughs> it's, all, it's all turf. It's all fake grass. But, I mean, really, we got him because we played DePaul and Marquette, and he's from Kenosha. So The team, whenever you get a team into the tourney, as somebody who's a West Virginia guy, 
it is always it's like hey this year we we have Huggins who knows what the team's like okay we I maybe the team's good enough maybe not we have Huggy Bear there is a chance I honestly believe that, and I'm not saying this strictly because you're here I've said this numerous times before it's like hey when Huggy gets an attorney anything can happen it's real what is it about like the tournament that makes you succeed is there is it your coaching style is it the way your teams are built why do you have success in a tournament where a lot of teams a lot of coaches kind of can't find shit when they get into the big moment well i've been i mean i've been blessed with having pretty good players i mean you know you can't win without good players you can't you can't win at that level without good players and and, and guys who are confident you know, I, I i watched i watched us beat kentucky uh in the in the elite eight and i'm i'm watching the game and and i keep running it back as i I know Deshaun Butler said something. I couldn't. I couldn't make out what he said. So, you know. So I asked him. I said, "Hey, Dave, what did you say?" He said, "Ah, nothing, Coach. It wasn't." I said, "No, man. Tell me what you said." He said, "I said to the guy, I own college basketball." <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, he did. He did until he until he tore his knee up. I mean, he was he was phenomenal. And um, you you can't you can't win without having good players i mean you get to that level you gotta i think they had what seven or eight first round picks yeah he the whole first round picks at kentucky 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 yeah and 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 our guys were able to you know to do enough to beat them um we're talking to coach huggins obviously west virginia 899 wins a lot are you already in the hall of fame i assume you're already in the hall you're in the hall of fame already which one i'm not in the i'm not in the the uh National Basketball Hall of Fame. I'm not in the big one. Which one? I'm are you in about. I'm in about probably 15 other ones. <laughs> <laughs> but not that one. Hey, well, fuck that one. That'll come at some point. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Coach, with uh, March Madness being canceled last year, is there more of a buzz around the tournament this year? And also, when the Mountaineers go on to win the whole damn thing, are you going to ask for two trophies since no one got last year's? Smart carryover. Well, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd settle for one. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, we said this when we, when we first got here. You know, what I would love to do, uh, and I think I, this, this would be the greatest thing that could ever happen to me, is win the national championship, but take the trophy, get a bus, get, get Tony Creed to set up on the bus and drive around the state and, and say, hey, you know, we're uh, – we're 15 minutes out of Jane Lou. Anybody wants to touch the trophy, meet us at the hot dog stand <laughs> in Jane Lou, you know, and take it around and let people touch it, you know. Just go from from town to town in a, in a, in a bus, you know, and and just take the trophy and let people let people experience it and touch it and feel it. I mean, I think that'd be the greatest thing that, that could ever happen. If they give you two trophies, you could do that quicker, but one would be enough. Whenever we played in the Sugar Bowl my freshman year, it was shortly after a coal disaster that happened down, coal mining disaster happened in the southern part of the state. And I remember Rich Rodriguez at the time talking about like how much this means to the state. Like, hey, what you're doing right now, you have no idea about. You being from the state of West Virginia is a very passionate one, no professional teams. I mean, they live and die with the Mountaineers. Now, Marshall exists, I get that, but they live and die with the Mountaineers. If you were to win a natty and take that thing down to Jane Lou, I couldn't even 
fathom how electric that would be. Ty, what do you have? Coach, you mentioned wanting to be able to handpick your own players once. Uh, how has recruiting changed since you started? Uh, like, are you on TikTok and like Twitter a lot more <laughs> now? Like, because, uh, you know, that's so popular with the kids and has uh, COVID impacted how you, how you have to recruit? Well, the COVID thing has, has pretty much blown up our country. I mean, yeah, it, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, we can't we can't go out and see kids anymore. They can't come and see campus, which I think is is, is terrible. You know, who wants to go to a school that you've never been to? That's but they're not allowed to go to any of them. You know, so so now we're into Zoom meetings and you know all that kind of stuff. I, I'm, I mean, I, I that's that's way above my pay grade. I don't, I'm not I'm not into that kind of stuff. I don't. I don't really enjoy doing it. I, I have to do it, I guess, uh, to a degree. But Are you on TikTok dancing? No, no don't tell me you're dancing on t- No, no, no. Thank no. God. <laughs> Huggy, I would have had to cancel it. I'm not – I don't know what TikTok is, to be honest with you. They're dancing on I don't there. know. They're dancing on there. Um, co- they're, da- they're doing a lot of this on there. I, I mean, Dabo Sweeney is putting out videos of him dancing on there. I mean, it is – it's- I think Dabo calls plays while he dances. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about this team that you have. Um, you got a white that can shoot. McNeil, hey, when he gets hot, I heard the commentators talking about how uh, you you talked to him and you said, hey, I think I'm the easiest coach to play for. You shoot. If you make it, shoot more. If not, probably not going to be on the quarter lot. McNeil, he seems to light it up. McBride, he's an absolute stud. Everybody talks about how he was a football quarterback and everything. Culver underneath. We got a team here, Hugs. Let's go win this fucking yeah. thing, huh? Well, I'm, I, listen, I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. We, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we were awful on Saturday. There's no other way to put it. And uh, so I gave them, I gave them two days off. We're going to look at some film today. We're going to practice tomorrow. And hopefully we're going to go out and play with all the energy that we saved up from not playing on Saturday. <laughs> you got them again, by the way. 10.30 a.m. Central Time, I believe, on Thursday or whatever. You guys went on that right. Is the Big 12 with the travel? It obviously didn't affect you. You guys had like seven road Big 12 wins in a row or whatever. I mean, it was it was massive. Baylor ducked you guys there early, and then obviously the game came back overtime in Morgantown. But has the travel been uh, trouble at all? Because, I mean, it's a lot of traveling for a team at West Virginia to do Big 12. This is kind of something, I guess, years ago. But does that affect the team at all, especially in basketball with the amount of back-to-backs and everything like that? Absolutely it does. I think so. You know, we're, we're, we're what, four, four and a half hours by plane from, from I mean, a big jet. I mean, we, we fly in a, in a very nice plane, but it's, it's four and a half hours to Lubbock and back or just to Lubbock and then coming back it's a little bit faster because I guess you, you get up in the airstream or whatever but no it's rough man well, we, we get back we get back five thirty six o'clock in the morning and then you know guys got study hall they got class they got all those things and by the time they come over to to the practice facility uh, for practice or film or whatever it is they're dead and, and I understand I mean it's I've had virtually every coach in the Big 12 say to me, I don't know how you do it. You know, just flying to Morgantown one time they think is really rough. And that's a two-hour flight as well for, you know, for Texas Texas Tech, it's a four-hour flight or four and a half hours, whatever. But they do it once. You know, we do it, we do it nine times. 
And, and yeah, it does. It takes a lot out of you. I mean, it's, I mean, I understand it takes a lot out of me. I'm old, but I mean, these young guys, man, it's, it's, it's rough. And then what you're supposed to expect them to come in there and then you're going to play in two days. So one day's a wash, you know, you maybe try to look at some film and throw things at them when they go to sleep in the film room or something. But, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's hard, man. It, it is, it is really, really hard. And, and I don't think, I don't think people get it. I, I don't, I don't think anybody really in our administration gets it because they don't do it. You know, you, you, what, you, know, you, you can say, ah, oh, well, that's not all that bad. Okay. Do it. Then you do it. <laughs> you do what we do and then tell me it's not so bad. Well, I want to let you know, looking from the outside in, I appreciate the effort. I think that grit, by the way, that the boys have logged mile high in the sky is going to pay off. Coach, I appreciate everything you've done for West Virginia. It's an honor to watch your teams play. Well, you know, Pat, I love it, man. I, 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 I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. The greatest people in the world. You know, they were they're they were chomping at the bit to get in there and see us play and I, I that that's what bothers when we lose, I feel really, really bad, but I feel really bad because I felt feel like we let the people in the state down. And, you know, you were talking about the, the mine disaster. I was there. I went down and it was it was as hard a thing emotionally for me as I think I've ever experienced. Um I I uh Joe Manchin was the governor then, and you know Joe's really good. I mean, he can really, really talk. And so he he goes up there to talk, and there isn't anybody paying attention. There, and they all got their heads down. People are crying. I mean, they're understandably so. You know, their their husbands, their sons are trapped in a mine. Don't know whether they're dead or alive. And then, actually, when we went in, they had just pretty much came in and told them all that there's probably no hope that anybody's going to come out of there alive. And Joe hands the mic to me and says, talk to him. I, what am I going to say? You know, I mean, it's the, it, it's the toughest thing I've ever experienced uh, looking at those people. And, and um, so I, I, I brought like 200 T-shirts and I had the guy who was the student body president with me. I said, go get them T-shirts, man, quick. And so I'm, I'm kind of stuttering around and he comes in with T-shirts. And I said, listen, I, anybody wants a T-shirt, Come up and get a T-shirt. You want me to sign it? I'd be more than happy to sign it for you. The first lady that come, comes up has two sons and a husband trapped in the mine. Uh-huh. And she said, Coach, is there any way? Is there any way I could get four of these? Because I want to give them to my, my husband and my sons when they come out. And, man, I I start to cry, you know, and I it's uh, – I was there, and I and and you know you being here, I, I know that you understand to a degree. But what those people uh, do on a day to day basis is is unbelievable. They risk their life every day, mm-hmm. every day they go to work, and we can't say that. You know, maybe the way you drive that makes no, well, 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 <laughs> no. But whenever you put a t- uh, product out on the floor, I think you're doing everybody. Hell of a justice, man. The effort is always high. I mean, granted, you're a little upset about the defense, I guess, with some people. But the, <laughs> the effort's always high. There's always a team that we always think we're going to have a win. Most of the time we do. Cannot wait to see you get your 900th win. And let's go do this thing in the dance, shall we? I appreciate it, man. We're going we're, we're, we're to give it a hell of a go. I'm going to celebrate pretty hard for you, all right? That shocks me. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Hugger. Yeah.
So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users users FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons most of them what I just said uh we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel obviously you know uh there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel we worked that out that's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other but even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app there are so many different ways to win there's more things to bet on their boosts seem to always hit which is just fucking themselves over time and time again uh we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook and you will too if you haven't used it yet use it nah also there's fantasy on there daily fantasy and free to play games where you can win money shout out to FanDuel shout out to you let's get back to the show joining us college football national champion Super Bowl champion AJ AJ I've been battling in this voice all day man how are you doing over there pal I'm doing well. How do you think this is going to go for the rest of the week? Like, are you going to be able to have like vocal rest tonight? You know, I'm not sure. I'm actually scheduled to do an interview tonight. That's supposed to be like an hour and a half long. So it's more talking than normal. I'm sure it's going to go fantastic. I did Saturday and Sunday try not to speak as much, you know, but it's hard. Hey, it is hard. It is. I don't know how anybody could do it, especially, you know, me and my wife have a weekend. We're hanging out. It's like. I feel like a dick here. I'm gonna, but it's not. So it could be a long week. I'd assume, AJ. You're, you, I got this medicine ball thing. Somebody told me this is the mm-hmm. right move. Uh, it's not bad. I think it's helped a little bit. What's in it? Is it for people's voice? Like it's a Starbucks drink on the menu? Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure what it is. Somebody just tweeted it and said, "Hey, I got an idea for you." And their Twitter didn't look like it was a fake, so I assume they wouldn't be lying to me. You know, like Bleacher Report did. Uh. Hey, AJ, I don't know if you saw the predicament we got ourselves in last hour. Bleacher Report put out a graphic that basically said Tom Brady wants Odell on the Bucks uh, via Adam Schefter. Then we read the article. And it's like mm-hmm. Tom might want Odell. Like it's so it, it's we got God a little bit. You know what I mean? We got God, and I think it's because I'm. I just see it. I'm like Bleach Report. They they would do their, and then you do it. It's like oh, we got to get better over here, AJ. We got to get better. I can't be getting got like that anymore. Well, was Adam Schefter actually involved, or was that just part of it? They just said he reported this. Well, that is interesting because the Adam Schefter part of it is what makes it such a big deal because yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. Adam Schefter. You know what I mean? Like it's it's old a damn Schefter out there doing his thing, making his news. They said he said that on Get Up this morning. Uh, that was just a social media post. And then you go to the actual website. There's an entire article about this thing where he says like he might want him or something like that. But it's going to be tough with I would assume Tom Brady has a friendship with Odell Beckham was asked like, hey, would you want Odell? Because trading Odell is seems to be the conversation every single offseason and he's like yeah i would obviously would love odell here it's going to be challenging with blub i assume the way that con- the information was relayed to Schefter was just like uh like hey like yeah i would love him but i don't know if that's possible and then bang it gets spun into boom to pal to graphic to this show to fuck dms i never said that like, <laughs> okay it's kind of my life now you know 
Yeah, why is this? Why is it even news though? Like, someone could say, "Hey, you want Hopkins? Yeah, would love to have Hopkins." Yeah. <laughs> Name any receiver in the NFL that is one of the superstars. Yeah, I'll take him. Of course, that'd be great. Let's, can we bring them all on? Like, I don't have to worry about it. Hey, Tom Brady, do you want Julio Jones on your team? <laughs> oh yeah, I would love him. Sure. I, it's gonna be a little bit yeah. difficult within the division. You know, it's gonna right. be a little bit difficult. <laughs> but if we can get him on the team, I would absolutely love it. Uh, Fitzpatrick's retiring Mar- uh, February second. Allegedly, this is John Clayton's reporting. I have to. Big J journalism. According to John Clayton, formerly of ESPN, a man who's from Forest Hills, uh, Pennsylvania, which is within Pittsburgh, he is reporting that Ryan Fitzpatrick, due to the market for free agency, is leaning. Oh, now, though. Oh, here we go. Oh, I, no. I did not know that. I did not know that either. <laughs> this was quite a set of circumstances to be dropped Jeez. here. For those that are listening only on Sirius, we were just shown the report that was telling us that Fitzpatrick was leaning toward retirement. And guess who it's from? No. <laughs> no. Son of a bitch. AJ. Your thoughts on how this is potentially completely wrong here? Wait, so this is the same account that got you on the last one, and you assumed this one was real? Yeah, but you gotta remember going into today, although this account had dropped me into a war with Juju Smith Schuster's people by taking a quote that I, with the worst photo of me, the New York Post wrote another article, worst photo of me. Yep. Ever, which I appreciate, it was at Indy 500, okay? I couldn't even tell you what cloud I was on in that photo that they use for everything. But they took a quote from our show and said, I said that Juju stinks. They, they basically said, Pat Maggie says, Juju stinks. And then all of a sudden, I'm in a fucking war for two days. I didn't even know this account existed, by the way, until then. And then all of a sudden, I go through their little their little Instagram, and I go, oh, this is why this is happening. So I comment on there, fuck you. That is all I, that was my comment on there, that was it. They sent me a message back, we apologized, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that's very cool of you. I'm like, I'm happy we settled that, no worries. Like, Bleacher Report, obviously, we love Bleacher Report, a lot of information from there. So then like two hours pass, I'm still getting killed. I go back to their Instagram, I'm they didn't change shit. And I'm like, yo, so I send a DM, I'm like, yo. And they're like, oh, we'll take it down. I'm like. Yeah, like that's what we're. I wonder if Shefty had him do the same exact thing. I wonder. And by the way, should we respect the fact that Bleacher Report Gridiron is just like, yeah, fuck him. We'll delete it if we have to. Stir the pop. Stir the pop. But that is interesting because I did not. And the because I believe the Fitzpatrick this this graphic came out you know a couple days ago, so I didn't think anything of it at the time. Me neither. I assumed, hey, there's there's some legitimacy to this. John Clayton wouldn't lie to us. Mm. Different times. John Clayton was misquoted. And was John Clayton misquoted last week about J.J. Watt from this account? Uh-oh. Is that what this account does? Is this McCockner running Bleacher Reports? <laughs> Wait, so what is this Gridiron account? I know you guys have talked about this before. It, this is just uh, like the football part of, of Bleacher Reports Twitter? Or well, that's what we thought. But now we're... Are they affiliated with Bleacher Report? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Do we know that for sure? For sure. Yeah. Because the Bleacher Report article about Tom Brady and Odell actually was the thing that led from this. So you know what I mean? Okay. Like it is. Man. That's why you kind of have to respect that they put the full quote on the website and then like, hey, let's just spin this fucking thing and put it on IG <laughs> and let's see where it goes. No, it's classic headlines move needles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
We're doing a little research back here. Okay. So there is some validity. This is from CBS out of Boston, if you want to start at the top there. Ryan right. Fitzpatrick looks like he's going to retire, John Clayton wrote. The Broncos did make some contact with him. He's been with eight teams and played a long time, but it looks like he's going to be out of the mix. Of course, free agency does not technically begin until March 17th, with the legal negotiating window opening on March 15th. So while Fitzmagic and his agent have likely gotten indication from enough teams to get the sense of lack of interest, something could obviously change in the coming week. Okay. Huh. I mean, why does that? Why does that other news have to be implanted before the next paragraph? Yeah, and why, why not just copy and paste his entire quote as opposed to saying, <laughs> copying what he wrote, he wrote, and then <laughs> writing in what you you know what I mean? That's an interesting. <laughs> I gave a quote one time to the news here on something, and it was a great quote. I thought it out, like I I literally thought it was via text, like, hey, do you have anything to say about this thing or whatever? And I'm like, you know what? I I don't normally do this, but I will. So I send this long quote, well thought out, had a beginning and an end, like a button up at the end, Ooh. you know. I send it to them. They put the first sentence, Pat McAfee responded. Then they put like, <laughs> they, they do like eliminate a sentence and then they, he went on to, and then this other thing. And then the final one, I'm like, that actually, I mean, it is kind of what I said, <laughs> but that is not what I actually just copy and paste. I fucking did your job for you here. Yeah, come just on. Go ahead and copy and paste it, but you always got to, you know get in the angle of the storyteller that's writing the thing i bet there's some people that are absolutely professionals that get paid big money for big corporations or big i don't know papers whatever media places to where they could take like quotes and they can spin them to where hey we're not gonna get sued for this but we're gonna get a headline that'll get your attention and it's definitely out of context and maybe there is a, a tiny bit of truth to it so they can protect themselves yeah they got 10 billy tubes over there working up youtube titles mm -hmm. yeah that's a scary room <laughs> that would be a very intelligent room. Take it easy with the shots on Billy Tubes there. But uh, I didn't say anything about his intelligence. I actually I, I complimented his intelligence from being scary. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, continue. I don't. This is not a Billy. I don't want to kill Billy. I was complimenting him well, on being well, a serial killer. Billy. Being <laughs> Billy, Billy writes the titles for the YouTube. You know what I mean? Pat McAfee reacts to, and then whatever it is or whatever. Oh, he, yeah. he got me into a war with Carolina Panthers with oh, one of the titles. What? And I had to send him a text. I was like, did I say this? And he was like, kind of. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Billy, I had to go do a, like a radio tour down there to clear up my say Because the headline, you know, the head now, Billy, that is the, literally the only time. And there has been some hilarious titles to YouTube yeah. videos and reaction videos. But that's the only time. That's, if, there, if we had an entire team of Billies, it would be fantastic. And by the way, I think Bleacher Report Gridiron needs a Billy mm -hmm. because Billy has the ability to get that grabber without just throwing somebody in the middle of a fucking war, except for that one time with the Carolina Panthers. What did you say about the Panthers? So it was Christian McCaffrey. It felt like Christian McCaffrey's team, you know, when Cam got hurt. And I forget how we titled it. But what did you have me say? Uh, Pat McAfee says that Cam Newton hates Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Bill>. <laughs> so you did it to yourself. What's that? So he just did it. He, he did this to you. Like it was... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it what I'm saying. Like in your own house, yeah. That's so I actually sent him a text with because I was starting to get tweets again. This was just like the juju thing where I'm getting like, you know, this fucking punter shouldn't even talk, blah. And I'm like, why are these people? And I click on this thing and it's like hashtag Panthers, whatever it is. I'm like, why do all these Panthers fans hate me? And then somebody screenshot and said, this is absolute garbage. And I'm like, so I screenshot that. I sent it to Bill. I go, did I say that? Like <laughs> instead of watching the entire video, I was like, did I actually? Because I was wondering. I was like, did I come on say? It? Then I would 
have to go check the tone and everything. And Bill was like, kinda, kinda. And I was like, well, and Bill, by the way, took the compliment. Like, a lot of people talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, look what we're doing. You did your job. People, I mean, hey. you had a radio tour in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> you did your job, Billy. Like, that's the, that's the ultimate compliment Not for him. A, hey, it got some traction. Now, Bill, that's the only time that has ever happened, right? I think that's the only time that's ever happened. I think there's been a couple times we've reworked it, but that's the first time, the only time that it's been like an like a mm-hmm. actual oh, reaction from people. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, a screenshot. But that is a talent, especially in this world. You mm-hmm. have to get people oh, to yeah. stop from whatever. So I understand that Bleach Report Gridiron's got to do their thing, but there has to be a way not to just fucking completely fabricate and lie about Man, stuff. Shefty. Checks and balances. Yeah, Shefty's got to be getting in there, too. Hey, look. Go straight to the source. He DM'd you. Hey, I didn't say that. You got to DM BR Gridiron. He probably didn't even know they exist. He did because the original tweet's gone. I'm assuming he did. They did delete the original tweet. I do believe I I did send him a spotlight. I mean, kind of a snitch, I guess. No, he would have saw it either way. What'd you do? I wouldn't You sent that to him? You said, hey, did you say this? No, he said, I... I never said that. It was basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was basically his, his DM was like, hey, I never said that, Pat. Like something like that because he reacted to our tweet about the reaction to his alleged report that was fabricated uh, by Bleach Report. Mm-hmm. So then I said, oh, my fault. We were strictly reacting off of this. I will. We will retract and apologize, which has led to this 25-minute conversation. <laughs> so how, like, how are we ever going to do anything in the future like with all of this, how do you how do you ever believe anything when it can be taken out of context? And also, the Tom Cruise deepfakes are what I think are scaring a lot of oh, people. Geez. Are we ever going to be able to trust any video no. in the future? No. You can't, but you, you literally can't. Everything's bullshit. Like, um, okay, so there's dudes almost kissing the rim right now and dunking it, which is unbelievable. Um, but everybody's saying it's bullshit. Okay, like, ah, that's bullshit. That stinks, that dunk contest stinks. That's because the things that we see on the internet are so ridiculous, so death-defying, so incredible, so magnificent. And with those videos on the internet, you have to think, oh, this is edited, this is fake, yeah. this is this. There's that video of that guy flicking a bottle cap off the wall, mm-hmm undoing one bottle that thing popping up flicking another one it hitting off of that one and spinning back onto the bottle okay (laughs) so obviously absolutely impot i can't even put some whenever you hold it 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 obviously but it was perfected the the edit was so good that it was it got everybody everybody's like look at this look at this look at this so i think the tom cruise thing definitely solidifies like oh that's probably not even the person that you think it is but with everything on the internet you have to look at it from the eyes of that's bullshit and that's just the world that we're at because of the technology and the foxies that are out there that have the ability to just do whatever they want and the i mean these filters now make you whoever you want to be whenever you want to be well the hard thing though is how do you ever like get confirmation that it is real or not you could, it's, it's easy enough to get confirmation that it was fake, but it's hard to get it that it's real. You got to get them to send a picture of them holding a fork, a knife, and a spoon uh, uh, at the, with a, a newspaper from Newsp- today. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. I'll ask for that. I'll send that send That's a message That's called the catfish killer, dude. Yeah. Yeah, so You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. How come Nev never said that the entire time? That's a good question. Just have him send a picture with a... Fork and knife in one hand, a spoon in the other with today's newspaper. <laughs> Pretty easy. Just have them send it. If they don't want to talk video, cool. Just have them send that photo. Fucking no, no problem. Nobody has that one in the bank.
We could take a spork. <laughs> oh. That's fun. No, on the line. can't because there's probably a spork one on the internet that they'll send. <laughs> Let's get some phones. <laughs> Let's get some phones, shall we? Let's go to Austin in Wisconsin. What's going on, Austin? Yo, what's good, always How we doing? Not too shabby. How are you, pal? Yeah, it's a Monday. It's a Monday. Uh, it I is. got a couple of a uh, little bit of conspiracy theories for you involving uh, Russell Wilson, Shindig in Seattle. I like that. Uh, we know that uh, he's not happy with Pete Carroll and his scheme. We all know that sort of thing. Uh, but then we look at Tom Brady and Bill about how Tom wanted to prove that he could win without Bill. Uh. Is there a little bit of the same thing going on with Russell in Seattle? And if that is true and he does get shipped out of Seattle, we'll say to like Chicago, are they going to be in the running as well to make a trade for Zach Ertz, get Russell Wilson and Zach Ertz up in Chicago? Great question. Great question. Hmm. Does Russell Wilson want to win without Pete Carroll? Many would say that they haven't won really that much together other than years ago whenever the Legion of Boom was in the building and Marshawn Lynch was a prevalent uh, part of the offense. So I'm not sure if it's a similar situation. I do believe winning in a different style uh, – is something that Russell would like to do. It seems like that's the narrative that's being pushed out of there, even though Pete potentially hates Russ as well. I don't know what all of it is. I'm assuming we'll find out in the the days to come, maybe months to come, what was going on behind the doors. Uh, But it seems like he's not going to be a Seahawk this year. I don't know how he can at this point. I guess I just, we need to see Pete, like we need to see him in any kind of press related thing or answering questions have we seen Pete like when's the last time he's really made public comments no but the thing about Pete Carroll is uh you know he's good he's good at talking it's what Bob Huggins <laughs> said about the governor of West Virginia at the time uh whenever he went on a, you know he's real good he's good at talking he uh, <laughs> just said an interesting way to describe a Pete Carroll we had Frank Luntz come talk to us you remember okay. Frank Luntz yes Okay, so this guy does focus groups for politicians. Ooh. He came and spoke to the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know if the Colts hired him or if the NFL had him going to speak to people. And He, he was came, to, to, came to the Packers, too. So the NFL probably hired him. And he was supposed to um, basically lay out ways to speak that would be more beneficial for fans to like what you're saying or whatever. Does that make sense? So he was trying to – and my big question was, like, you're – his method, by the way, he's in the sociology world, a man who was, I knew about him coming out of college. I had a sociology class or two. I knew him of his focus groups and his studies and everything like that from then. And then whenever he's speaking to us, you realize, oh, he's a lot shorter than I thought he was going to be. But he had these fresh ass shoes on or whatever. You know what I mean? But I, I had known that all of his work was in the political world. So whenever you're trying to tell a politician how to speak versus how an NFL player should speak. And at that point, I already had a rather large platform for myself that I was, you know, this guy was basically coming in and telling me not to talk the way I was talking. It felt like that is what he was saying with the words. They showed a video of numerous people doing interviews. And if it was like a graph live on the screen, like a heart monitor or whatever, you know, and if what he was saying was good, the focus group that he had at the time would press a button and it would go green while he was talking. And then a red would be something that they like didn't weren't comfortable with him saying. And then it would go to green. Pete Carroll was like the guy that like the most green, like every time he spoke, it was positive. It was upbeat. It was blah, blah, blah. And then a couple other guys are like, this is to bang, bang. Like it's just a guy who doesn't want to be on camera at all is speaking or whatever. Pete Carroll, much like a politician. 
politician is a good speaker, though. And he would be able to navigate these waters with this Russell Wilson situation very, very good. But, man, it would be nice to see him get pressed a little bit on this entire situation behind the scenes. Oh, it would be awesome to see. You're right, though. Pete always finds a way to keep it positive. But you, how you laid out what that Frank Luntz's presentation was, like, you laying it out was much more entertaining than actually being. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It was a weird it was a weird deal. Like the whole thing was got awkward, I think, in Green Bay. That was exactly what it was though, right? Like I'm not But it sounded how you described it, I was like, Oh, tell me more. This is very interesting. I felt like the meeting was good. No, the meeting was not fun to be in. It was an hour long. It was an hour what Jeez. I just said there was what, fifteen, twenty seconds or whatever. This thing was an hour long. And it wasn't until about, you know, probably seven, eight minutes in, maybe nine minutes in, I'm like, Oh, this guy's fuck I'm not running for president. <laughs> I'm a fucking ball kicker, dude. Like I'm not I'm allowed to say, like, hey, go fuck yourself, okay? <laughs> uh, people aren't expecting me, okay, to not say that. Like, it just, it was very, all those speakers, though, have no chance, dude. Middle of training no. camp, middle of training camp, walking into a team that is probably filled with people that are funnier than you, have probably damn near same story as you. Like, it is, that is a tough crowd to walk into, I think. Oh, think about it. You got, you probably have, like, the O linemen are up front, all sitting together. They all have gigantic dips in. They're they're, they're almost falling asleep. They're they're freaking out. They're farting the whole time, laughing at the guy. Like the D linemen are always loud and funny. They're the, they're the best usually. DBs are probably trying to walk out. Like it would it would be a it's a very very difficult room to be in to speak to. Those fucking poor guys. Now that I'm thinking about Frank Luntz walking in there, you know, he had like oh, these yeah. American flag shoes on. He's like this world-renowned sociologist or whatever. He's walking into a room, people that are like, we just got out of fucking eight hours worth of shit, all right? I'm going to go sleep in a bad bed. I got a $10,000 bed at my house, but I'm forced to sleep in this shitty cot because we're at training camp. I just ran my face into a man that's 10 years younger than me, and now I got to listen to fucking your bullshit. It is. I think Frank did a relatively good job, but he was up against it walking in there. I would imagine if those guys are speaking to every team in the NFL, they're getting paid very handsomely to do it, aren't they? I, I would assume that's yeah. a very large fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you undercut them and actually tell the players how to uh, speak to fans, and you go and do the 32-team tour. You know, I thought about like doing something with the NFLPA, like – is there any way we could do like an advising type yeah. thing? Like, hey, we this is what we think you should do, you know? I don't know if I ever got a text back. <laughs> you good? Consulting. Hey, you would, though. They would absolutely benefit from, like, if teams brought you in when they have, like, those mandatory meetings the NFL makes teams have, like, to educate people on different things. Like, if they brought you in, talk about, like, media training or, like, hey, there's all different kinds of media. If you could present to teams – First off, you'd get giant money, and it would actually be beneficial for those guys. I've thought about that. I, I'm, I'm, I really want to help, do, like, ex-NFL. Anytime I hear an NFL guy does well, I get so pumped, you know? And not because I think, oh, you know, he and I, yeah, we play the same sport or anything like that. I just, I just know a lot of, the, like, a locker room, although it's, the dynamics might be changing as the years go on and society changes and all that shit, but the amount of sacrifice that guys have to put in to be good at football to make the NFL, it could potentially lack in other areas. So whenever you see guys have success afterwards and debunk the stats and theories about, like, what, 80% go bankrupt or whatever, I fucking love it. So I'm all about it. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but, I, I, I mean, I should probably make really hilarious money first before I start speaking to anybody else. But it's right around the corner from what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> from what I've been told. A lot of people think I'm potentially going to sell out. Don't worry. I've been a millionaire since I was 23 years old. 
I never change one motherfucking time. Mm -hmm. Just uh, now, if I do get a billion, I might be tough to talk to. Yeah, okay? yeah. That's gonna be a long time from now, though. Just know that if that ever happens, I might be tough to reach. But aside from that, let's keep this thing going. Don't go corporate. It's like, have you fucking? Wow. Well. Could you imagine yeah. how long yeah. that would last? That would be a very quick in and out of this. Not movie. very long. We say the effort too much. Yeah, you're right. Also, to like to those people, like, I mean, you're doing this to make money. Dicks, Dicks, like, hey, if we need to sell out, Dicks, like, hey, if we need to sell out, having highlights. Listen, the corporate COVID cowboy over there would fucking. <laughs> Let's go to Brendan. Wants to talk about Shinigami. What's going on, dude? Oh. Yo, what up, and the boys? How y'all doing? You know, not too shabby. Uh, how are you doing? It, it doesn't say where you're from, so I apologize for that. We got Gumpy working those phones. Hey, that a boy Gump. No, I'm from like 45 minutes away from uh, AJ. I live in Belfound, Ohio. Oh, okay, Ohio. All right. I probably know a lot about you already. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, you know what that means. No, I was just wanting to know <laughs> if you was going to talk shit to Shinigami for butchering your last name. <sighs> Brendan, thank you for bringing that up. We're gonna have to get to a break after this, but this I weekend, can't wait. huh? I don't know about I don't know about this. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, Our guy Shinigami, thirty-three year old Shinigami, by the way. Ooh, yeah, I saw that yeah. in the video. Thirty-three year old Shinigami. Okay. He traveled from the West Coast as the Street Beefs West Coast heavyweight champ. He traveled over to a mud pit in Virginia to fight against the OG East Coast Street Beefs heavyweight champ, Big Smile. And at the beginning, you know, instead of a shout out, Rachel, let's do this. He gave a shout out to his sponsors. We are one of them. Just absolutely, positively slaughtered the pronunciation of my name. Just... Classic substitute teacher. <laughs> did not graduate. Comes in, reads that thing. McAfee? Is McAfee here? Have a little cooth lady, okay? The big A after the C means Mac, all right? It's been a, it's been a country's tradition since the beginning. It's fucking Scotland. Have a little respect here. Anyways, he tied. I saw it was a draw. Yeah. I saw it was a draw. I didn't I, I didn't know it. about him butchering your name. You know what? I bet he knew. He, he's just messing with you, man. He's just trolling. He knows how to say it. I think it's because you were Probably. pretty much laughing in his face whenever we were interviewing him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was I? Was I? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were. Absolutely not. I, I thought I had some hard-hitting good questions, too. Oh. You were laughing in his face. Not even close. I, yeah, I was were. laughing at you because you sit there and just get distracted and stuff. No. I was dialed in. No. Okay, I hope he didn't feel like you disrespected him because I do plan on staying in the Shinigami business at <laughs> yeah. least until we find out whether or not he can beat up Big Smile. He almost landed a big kick early. Oh, man. Oh, my God. He was fighting at 4 a.m. Shinigami time, by the way. They had him tee off at 5, 6 a.m. East Coast time. Trying to screw him over. It was oh. in standard definition I was watching, by the way. I could barely make out the little, little uh, what are those things, pixels. Pixels. <laughs> okay, that's my guy, pixels. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying it. We got to get to a break. 
Um, it's almost like if that first kick doesn't land, he does not have. Well, here's the thing: but... Shinigami needs to train. I mean, guess what? When you're getting driven back into a chain link fence and smacking your body against it, that's that takes a lot out of you. It was evident Shinigami was not ready for that kind of grapple game. <laughs> He'll be back though. He'd still draw. It was still a draw. Yeah. Well, there'll be a rematch. There'll be a what, two. What? What? I mean. That's where the money is. The money's in the rematch. Got, you know that. He got TKO'd in the first round, and then they just said, fuck it, and came back out and fought in the second round. It made no sense. I will say there was a couple different times I thought the fight was over, yeah. and we had another round afterwards, and that is why I am a Street Beefs fan. I was watching on my phone. It popped up out of nowhere, like literally nowhere, 11 demon, The Demon Boys got notifications on your phone? Or I think what? Zito actually sent us yeah, in. It was yeah. like, hey, Shin Gami's back to fight or whatever. Here we go. And I had my phone down. I, I might have been in my office. Actually, and I pick up my phone. I'm like, did I miss it? And I, I open it. All of a sudden, it's you know, it pixelated. I'm like, where are we? Okay, here we are. It's already started. And Shinigami's fucking getting after it. And then it didn't look good for Shinigami. And the round ended. And I was like, oh, I think he just lost. I actually texted yeah. the group, boys. I think Shinigami just lost. And then they're like, one more round. I'm like, wait a minute, hold, <laughs> hold. <laughs> they did that like two more times. One more round. They put out another round. And then they were both just dead. And they're like, we'll do this again so so was there judges I, I'm not sure exactly how the scorecard works because yeah. I felt like there was no scorecard I felt like it was just a crowd you know so we should think about that maybe load the crowd the next yeah, yeah. Okay. should have gone me TK yeah. <laughs> he won he won 10-7 10-7 big smile is a problem though oh yeah thick skull they're gonna have a rematch. We will hopefully be in the Shim and Gombe business, depending upon how how much it is. I did not know we could have got the middle of the back as well. I thought. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, we got the tramp stamp because I was told middle of the back potentially taken or whatever. The tramp stamp looks best too when you got a leg kick RKO. You know. Yeah, that, I mean that was the market. <laughs> we might go outside of the leg next time. Oh okay. Oh. Take multiple spots. I would like lightning bolts as our logo yes. down the line down the leg. <laughs> can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show uh it never ever passes me by the fact that you guys take time out of your lives to allow us to penetrate your ear holes the fact that you do that i am forever grateful i can't thank you enough if you enjoyed this show please be a friend and tell a friend ty why not play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful monday we'll be back tomorrow with a massive show big one tomorrow time massive show tomorrow all right let's get to it Now have primary control of critical vehicle functions.